Islam is growing rapidly in the United States. Why is it so urgent for Christians to get informed about Islam? What are some of the common misunderstandings about Islam? What about the question of whether Christians and Muslims worship the same God? Do we? What do Muslims believe about the Quran? What are some of the do's and don'ts for us to keep in mind when striking up a friendship with a Muslim or trying to share the faith? Join us today as I interview Reverend Lawrence Wilson, author of Islam and Christianity, Reaching Out to Muslims, Answering Misunderstandings. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Reverend Wilson, for being my guest today on Family Shield. It's my pleasure, Kay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for writing this uh, wonderful pamphlet, Islam and Christianity. Uh, So much good information packed into it. So why is it so urgent for Christians to get informed about Islam? Well, I I think anyone who is aware of uh, their community and the demographics around them is beginning to notice some changes. Uh, we're seeing a lot more of people of all faiths and people from all over the world here in our country who have uh, come here as immigrants, come here as students, uh, come here for business reasons. And I like to say to people, if you don't have a Muslim neighbor or co-worker right now, you probably will soon, because the population of Muslims in this country is rapidly growing. And uh, so it's, I think it's very important that we, we be aware of the mission field that's right on our front door and uh, the opportunities that God is giving us to share His love and our faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, to people who are here literally from all over the world, and that includes a large number of Muslim people. You bet. And um, you you also mentioned that there are a lot of common misunderstandings about Islam. Uh, talk a little bit about some of those. Well, it, there, there is so much fear and mistrust between uh, the East and West in general, and certainly between uh, members of the Muslim faith and we Christians. And that, that has a long historical roots. It goes back to the 7th century, really, and the founding of the Muslim religion, and the clashes often violent between Christians and Muslims, and frankly, we see some of that happening today with the radical or extreme Muslims who uh, commit acts of terror and have uh, aims for a state of their own uh, in the Middle East. And um, so there's a lot of fear and mistrust. And I think that's one reason why it's very important that we build a bridge of understanding between our Muslim neighbors and ourselves. So we get to know something about them, and we're able to share something about our faith and what we believe. And maybe the the biggest uh, point of contention begins right at the beginning with the very nature of God and who is God in this question of whether Muslims and Christians worship the same God. That's been much in the news. Yes, it has, yes. So how would you answer that question, uh, do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? 
Well, it's it's a hard question to answer, because if we're referring to one God who created the universe, and we are both referring to that one Creator God, then a lot of people would say, well, of course, yes, there is only one God. However, what we find is that Muslims and Christians have such a different understanding of the nature of God and the character of God, it's very difficult to say that we're speaking of the same person. I'm convinced, by the way, that most Muslims would say, no, we don't worship the same God, because, of course, we worship the triune God, Mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, for most Muslims, they would say, well, we're not obviously talking about the same God, because God is one. Well, of course, we believe that God is one, uh, but that doctrine of the Trinity is a primary uh, misunderstanding between Christians and Muslims. So I would say we worship a God who loved the world so much that he came to give his only son for our, on our behalf. And the Muslim conception of God is that he is distant, he is the judge of mankind, and that we must do everything we can to submit to him and obey him. So it's a very different understanding of the fundamental nature of who God is. Absolutely. And um, although Muslims do talk about Jesus, um, they don't believe in him as the Savior of the world or that he is both true God and true man at the same time. Would that be correct? That's absolutely correct. Uh, it, this, by the way, is a little known facet of Islam, uh, I think most Christians would be surprised to learn that Muslims do believe that Jesus is a prophet and a great prophet. Of course, we know and believe that he's far more than a prophet, but Isa, as Muslims would call Jesus, uh, is revered in Islam. However, just as a prophet, not as the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Right, good. Uh, So it's a significant difference in understanding. It is, it is, yeah. So what do uh, Muslims believe about the Quran? Well, this is one of the very key things about Islam, is their devotion to the Quran. Uh, You may have seen and heard uh, some occasions where there were protests, uh, where someone perhaps had uh, desecrated a copy of the Quran, or... Mm -hmm. Uh, or uh, had, had done something that uh, some, some people felt belittled their holy scriptures. That you know that sometimes uh, Muslim, the Muslim community will react very, very strongly to that. Well, here's why. It's because in their view, the Quran is not simply a holy book. It's not simply uh, words from God. It is quite literally the Word of God dictated to the Prophet Muhammad by the angel Gabriel. Uh, So Muslims have incredibly high respect, not only for the concept of God's Word, uh, the Scriptures, but for a a particular copy of the Quran, because they revere it as the literal words of God. Now, Christians, we believe, of course, that God's Word to us His written word is the Bible, Uh, but most of us understand that that was transmitted uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through human writers and human personality, so we have a very high regard for the Bible, but not to that degree that Muslims do. They believe it to be the very words of God. Mm -hmm. 
Uh-huh. Good, good. Uh, that helps us. Again, and then that's what you do in this pamphlet is compare what Islam or Muslims believe and then share what Christians believe. And uh, there's so much in it. We're not going to be able to get to even a, a little of it today. But I think uh, just touching on some of these things uh, are important for our listeners. Again, because what you said at the beginning, we want to become equipped so that we can share our faith, especially as we build relationships with neighbors, our those that work in the same office as us, those that we meet on a regular basis. That's so important. So what about the role of violence or jihad in Islam? Uh, given the many acts of terrorism by Muslim extremists, it seems that this is really a religion of violence. Is it? Well, there's no question that uh, Islam is a religion that has been spread by violence during many periods of its history, beginning right away with the Prophet Muhammad and his early followers. So there has been this aspect of jihad, which means struggle, and the struggle for Islam, or the struggle to do God's will on earth, often which has used or made use uh, of violent means. Now, of course, uh, that still goes on in the concept of jihad or holy war that we see today, and some of the violence that takes place, particularly uh, with the Islamic State in the Middle East and with acts of terrorism. However, I am convinced that that does not characterize most Muslim people and their view of this struggle to do God's will. Uh, now remember that uh, just as Christianity is, is a broad religion with many branches of the Christian faith, including uh, the Protestant churches, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, the Eastern Orthodox churches, and of course the many Protestant denominations of, of all kinds, well, there is some diversity within Islam as well. And not all Muslims hold to the idea of spreading their religion by violence. In fact, there's another meaning of jihad, this struggle which Muhammad himself spoke about. Uh, He called it the greater jihad, which is the struggle within the individual Mm -hmm. to submit that person's heart and life to Allah. So there is this other aspect of struggle as well, which uh, Christians would be familiar with this kind of language as we talk about sacrificing our lives and giving ourselves. We don't necessarily mean literally Mm -hmm. dying, Mm -hmm. but dying to self. So there is another aspect of that meaning of jihad as well. Good. And just as in the uh, uh, Christian faith, we have different denominations and different groups uh, that sometimes react in different ways. In the uh, Islam, there are also different groups. Can you talk just briefly about maybe the three of them that are most well-known? Yeah, the, the most prominent of those groups, and these are all words that you or your, your listeners uh, will have heard before because there's so much in the news. There are the Sunni Muslims, which are, by a vast majority, the largest group within Islam. And Sunni Muslims are, are the followers of the, the right example of, uh, of Muhammad in their words. They are uh, the broadest group of Muslims spread throughout the Middle East and many parts of the world. Um, Shia Muslims are the uh, 
group that uh, mostly centered in uh, the nation of Iran. It is the only predominantly Shia country in the world. And the difference between Shia and Sunni Muslims goes back to uh, a dispute very early in the history of Islam that I don't have time to share all the details of. But these are two groups that are often at odds with each other, and as much as they both have their problems with the West and with Christianity, often are at, at uh, odds and sometimes violently clashing with each other uh, over their interpretations of the Quran and the long history of dispute between them. And the third group, which is a much smaller minority, are the Sufi Muslims. And Sufis are the inner spiritual Muslims, to put it uh, the most simply. They are the smallest group, and they're the ones who take most seriously the inner life and practice a more mystical version of Islam. So those are the three major Good. branches of Islam. Good. Well, I want to make a few announcements, and when we come back, we'll continue talking about some of the do's and don'ts that uh, you have in your pamphlet. I found them very interesting and educational, and we won't have time to go over all of them, but we'll go through a few of them. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Becoming an Everyday Missionary. To receive your complimentary booklet, call our response center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com, and give us your complete name and address. We're also giving away the pamphlet on Islam and Christianity that we've been talking about. Uh, to have your name entered into the drawing to receive this publication, call our response center. Again, the number 1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness to family at gmail.com. If your name is selected in the drawing, this will be mailed to you. So don't forget to give us your complete name and address. Family Shield's mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and strengthen individuals and their families. The Family Shield radio program is aired on 52 radio stations throughout the United States. Remember that all of our programs are archived, and you can download them on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Uh, you can also send comments, prayer requests, and support to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Don't forget, we you can also connect with us through Facebook, and you can sign up uh, to receive our email newsletter on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Now I want to go back to my guest, Reverend Lawrence Wilson, author of Islam and Christianity, the do's and don'ts of reaching out to Muslims. Uh, let's just talk about some of those do's and don'ts. You have on the back of your pamphlet a list of do's and don'ts. Let me um, just read a few of them. I, I I don't think we'll go through all of them, but I, I found some of them, uh, and I kind of have studied this a little bit, things that I did not know at all, so I think it's great. Um, you, you say, do take time to build a relationship and practice hospitality, and you also say, don't be surprised if you're rejected at first. 
It is best to offer Muslim friends store-bought sweets and to avoid anything with pork or alcohol. Uh, Now, obviously, some of our listeners might know uh, why that is, but just uh, unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, it has to do with the basic uh, uh, cultural norms within Islam. And uh, Islam's, uh, like many people be more familiar uh, with the, the Jewish kosher laws, and uh, there's certain things that Jewish people will eat and will not eat, devout uh, Jewish people who practice the, the kosher laws. Well, these aren't exactly the same, but Muslims uh, do not eat pork, and they do not drink alcohol, at least those who are uh, devoutly following the precepts of their faith. And so uh, an invitation to a Muslim person to come for a dinner uh, could put them in an awkward position because they know that we don't follow the same dietary regulations mm-hmm. that they do, and uh, they wouldn't want to be put into a position where they would have to refuse hospitality, which is a very important uh, trait in the Middle East, is hospitality. And uh, so it could be a very awkward thing. In fact, Kay, I have to tell you uh, that I can look back and laugh a little bit about it now, but uh, a number of years ago when I was trying to reach out to a, a Muslim young man who's a, a student in the country, and I invited him to an event, uh, a block party that was held at our church. I thought it would be a great way for him to be around some Christian people and begin to see something about our lives, and I completely miscued on the fact that we were serving hot dogs oh, at, my. At, at barbecue. So my poor friend sat there eating nothing oh, no. uh, while we were uh, having a cookout, and he was very good-natured about it. But it was a major slip-up on yeah. my part That's that why I didn't helping. understand him enough to offer him hospitality in a way that he could accept it. That's great. That's great. And that that's why these kind of things are so important. I'm going to skip over a few of yours, but you have Don't Start Your Prayer With Our Father, because Muslims have a misunderstanding about the fatherhood of God, and then in parenthesis you have as sexual. Wait until you correct this misunderstanding before using Father or Abba. At first, address your prayer to Almighty God, our Lord God. And just unpack that a little bit for us. Well, this is a delicate subject, but you could imagine... uh, for any of us who have such high devotion for our Lord and and who uh, who take matters of uh, uh, sexual fidelity so seriously that if anyone were to suggest uh, that God had literally had relations with a woman, uh, now Jesus was conceived through the Spirit, but we don't take that to be a purely sexual act, but. Can you imagine what it would sound like to a Muslim person, uh, the suggestion that God had literally fathered a child? Uh, is very offensive to them and something they just cannot understand. Well, of course, it's a misunderstanding, right. but until we're able to get beyond that, it's better to use language that we accept, and it's not offensive to us to call God Lord God Almighty, that's certainly something we do, and better to use an appellation like that that won't be uh, ring offensively in the ears of the very people that we're trying so hard to connect with. We can always go back and explain that concept and why it's so important to us that we consider God our Father. You bet. I want to read one more, and then I I want to move forward with a couple other uh, 
questions for you because our time's going to grow quickly. Uh, one of the things you have in the do's and don'ts is do be gender, gender sensitive. Interact man to man, woman to woman. Don't allow any compromising situations, even just to protect from a possible rumor. An Arab proverb says, a man and a woman alone together are three with the devil. I did not think of that, but it made so much sense with the way that they protect their women. And um, uh, just a quick comment about that, if you will. Yeah, it has, it has to do with the, uh, the gender roles uh, and, and norms that are different in the Muslim world than they are here, and much more conservative. Now, we look at, at some of the things that, uh, for example, women wearing the hijab or the headscarf uh, as, a, as a symbol of modesty, and we think, wow, that must be repressive or, or against women. In their minds, it is keeping safe distance between the genders. And so we're very used to, in social situations, uh, uh, meeting another couple, for example, maybe um, shake hands with both, or if you know them a little bit, give a hug to both. Well, that just wouldn't go over well with uh, a Muslim guest, especially at first, because they have very different and much more conservative ways of dealing gender to gender. So to play it safe, uh, act like you're um, uh, having your grandparents over for dinner. (laughs) And, uh, you know, some of us uh, have grandparents of a generation that uh, they, too, have a little bit different way of interacting uh, men and women together. So be very conservative. Err on the side of caution. Right, right. Good. So uh, we want to talk a little bit more about effectively sharing our faith with Muslims. And I want to read First Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And I think that uh, focus on gentleness and respect is part of what you want us to remember as we share our faith uh, and communicate the gospel in understandable ways that are appropriate to our audience. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about how we can effectively share our faith with Muslims. Well, you put your finger right on it, Kay, and that's exactly what I would hope to communicate to our listeners today. We hear so much of blaming and finger-pointing and hostility uh, directed uh, between these two groups, Muslims and Christians. And if we could come together, build bridges of understanding, and treat one another with respect, I think we would win a lot more people to the gospel of Christ. Remember this. Islam is a religion of submission and judgment. Christianity is a faith of the love of God shared through His Son, Jesus Christ. What an attractive faith we have, that God loved us so much that He sent His Son to bear the penalty for our sin and forgive us. So much different than a faith that judges you by all the deeds of Mm -hmm. your life, and if they add up to 51% good at the end, then you may make it to paradise. Otherwise, you'll be lost. What a way to live under condemnation and judgment. So we have a great gospel to share. We do. And as we're able to build bridges of understanding, respect, and friendship, and share with gentleness, I believe we can see a harvest among the people that God is bringing to us. Very good, very good. We still have a few minutes left. Uh, share just a little bit more about some of the misunderstandings and how we correct them. Well, uh, 
another significant misunderstanding is that uh, we have completely different scriptures. Uh, well, of course, Christians do not accept the Quran as holy scripture, but would you believe that Muslims do accept parts of our Bible, including the four Gospels, hmm. as holy scripture? No, I don't uh, That would be surprising to many people. Uh, Muslims accept the books of Moses, the Psalms, or the writings of David, and the four Gospels. Now, a Muslim will likely tell you that the Injil, as they call it, the New Testament, is corrupt. And they believe that about our scriptures, that they're not reliable, because they've been corrupted so that they no longer uh, witness accurately to who God is. Uh, however, that view is not uh, espoused by Muhammad himself who had high regard for the scriptures, and it was later on in the history of Islam that that view developed. So what a point mm. of commonality that we could go to a Muslim person and say, let's look at the Holy Scriptures together, and let me share with you what I know about Jesus. That's great. That's great to know. I had, I think long time ago when I did a program, I might have heard that, but I had Totally forgotten that. And uh, they I know we don't have a lot of time left, but they do have five pillars that uh, the uh, Muslims um, use. Can you just name those, not necessarily going into each one, what those five yeah, pillars the are? the five pillars of Islam. We have are two minutes left. Go ahead. Confessing the faith, uh, which is uh, making your proclamation of, of faith in God and in Allah, his prophet, Prayer, as you know, perhaps Muslims practice prayer five times daily. Fasting, uh, and you may be familiar with the Ramadan, the month of fasting. Giving of alms, and a pilgrimage to Mecca, which is known as the Hajj. These are the five responsibilities of any Muslim person. Uh, this is the daily and, and lifelong practice of the Muslim faith. Very good. Thank you so much. My guest, again, has been Reverend Lawrence Wilson. The pamphlet we've been talking about, Islam and Christianity, Reaching Out to Muslims, Answering Misunderstandings. There's much more in this. We have about five of them to give away. We'll do that through a drawing so it's fair for everyone. Just call our response center, one 877 Two five zero eight four one six, or email us at witness to family at gmail dot com, and make sure when you call our right that you give us your complete name and address. If your name is selected, we will mail those to you. Uh, again, we're giving out the Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary is our complimentary booklet this week. And you can sign up for our email newsletter on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Uh, you can also write us at uh, Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123, and connect with us through Facebook or our email newsletter. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. We hope that uh, you have enjoyed the program, learned something about Islam, maybe even learned something about Christianity that you didn't know. Let us know uh, that you're listening and uh, blessings on your day. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.